Welcome to the Designated Drinker Show, the podcast that's raising the bar on craft cocktails. I am your host, Louise Solace, and with me, as always, is my incredibly talented, talented friend who crafts all things liquid into cocktails that are truly haunting. <laughs> She's the mixtress, DC Gina. <laughs> I would actually love that. And if someone could prove a haunting, that'd be amazing. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Feel yeah. a little... Getting the feeling of Halloween yet? Yes, so I'm feeling like, like, you know, it's that little Christmas, although, you know, it's still D.C., so hot. Hot is what it is in October here. Well, you know, it, yeah, there's no such thing as climate change. It's all make-believe. <laughs> so, yeah, right. <laughs> so, Gina, when we've traveled together in the past, uh, you've always asked me to make sure we get a hotel with a nice swimming pool. Yes. And why wouldn't you? Everyone wants to stay in a hotel that offers nice amenities, right? Mm -hmm. A gym, hot breakfast, maybe a nice bar to belly up to. But uh, being haunted probably doesn't rank too high on most people's lists. Mm. I'm assuming that you, no one, or, or maybe they do, I don't know. Who would want to stay in a hotel room where the walls bleed blood? <laughs> or, uh, you know, things go bump in the night, but not for really fun reasons. Um, but for many places in the U.S., the paranormal activity is actually, it actually serves as a compelling tourist attraction. And uh, since Halloween is just around the corner, I thought I'd uh, go over a few of these most haunted spaces in our country. I love this. Go ahead. First up, we're going to stay right here in D.C., the Olympic Club Hotel. Oh, that is. Yeah, it's here in D.C. And in the early 1900s, this isn't surprising, it was a gentleman's resort. So, of course, there's there was gambling bootleggers and some ladies of the night. Um, and today, this uh, legendary hotel apparently still, um, you know, uh, plays host to a bunch of ghosts. <laughs> um, <laughs> and there's reports of objects moving and uh, all just kind of mischief that happens. Nothing scary, just really, you know, a little mischief. You know, uh, after four or five martinis, objects definitely move for me too. <laughs> just so we're clear. 100%. I'm like, the room is moving. Does that mean I'm having a poltergeist experience? Yeah. Swirling, swirling, yeah. spinning. Or maybe that gin was a little stronger than I thought. Uh, I thought I had two. Uh, Classic me. So, now let's head out west, shall we, to the R RMS Queen Mary. Um, she was actually a British ship that shall sailed between 1936 and 1967. And since retirement, she's been permanently docked in Long Beach, California. Who blames her? Weather's beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> nice place to retire. Yes, exactly. Well, this is where she still serves as a hotel, and now she's a haunted tourist attraction as well. Um, it's claimed this is it's claimed to be haunted by a couple spirits. Uh, two that are uh, mostly brought up is the engineer um, who died in the engine room and unfortunately a little girl who drowned in the pool. Oh, that's terrible. Yes, yes. Um, but apparently, if you want to go to the Queen Mary, that's who you're going to be you know, spending the night with. Um, now, here goes it. We're going to go to a place that uh, has... I live nearby, actually. Um, we're in the center of the country. We're going to go to the um, Stanley Hotel in Estes Park, Colorado. Um, the Stanley is most famous, and now I love this, um, for inspiring Stephen King's novel, The Shining. I, I knew I knew this, this hotel. Okay. Yeah. I was like, wait, I think I know this. Maybe yeah. it was on Ghost Hunters now. Like, Stephen King. <laughs> Hello. 
Um, here's Johnny. Um, so um, tourists have reported seeing ghostly apparitions, um, and the site has hosted countless paranormal investigations. Um, some argue that that's what causes a lot of it to happen. Um, but anyway, one of the more well-known spirits is the former hotel's owner, hotel owner's wife, Flora. Apparently, she still likes to tickle the ivory for the guests. Oh my God, that would be amazing. Could you imagine like all oh, there's pianos just playing? You're like, what the hell? Well, that's also like the mall, right? They yeah. have the self-playing pianos. <laughs> so I don't know if I'd be too scared from that, but if like she showed up and then she was like, Gina, I have a room ready for you. Then maybe I got like, you know, maybe I'd be like, oh, that's so scary. <laughs> Like, don't go out to the maze it's, that, it's like, you know, the, the mall ruined it for me for the self-playing piano. It, it doesn't scare you. You're like, ha, ha, ha. I mean, you've been to the mall, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, okay, exactly. So. <laughs> all right. So all this ghost talk, all this brings me to today's designated drinker, whose fascination with witchcraft, mysticism, and the paranormal were the inspiration behind her craft spirit brand. Please welcome to the show the CEO and founder of Harridan Vodka, Bridget Taylor. Welcome to the show, Bridget. Hi, everybody. I'm, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, this is great. This is great. So I we've got your bottle here. Can't wait to taste. But before we go any further, let's tell our listeners a little bit about your Heritage Vodka. Yeah. So let's see. I am, if I had to force rank before I founded Heritage, my favorite spirits, vodka would always come in dead last for me. So I am a whiskey drinker. I am a gin drinker. I'm a tequila and mezcal drinker. And the reason I've always loved those spirits is because you can really sip them on their own. Like they're full of so much flavor and character that you can just enjoy them without adding anything to it. And so when it came to vodka, vodka for me kind of lacked that excitement, that nuance, those layers of complexity that I so often sought in other spirits. And so, uh, you know, where I was at the time of founding Herodin, I was getting a graduate degree in business. I did not come from spirits at all, but uh, I was class of 2020 at my business school. So my second year got... Wow. Yeah, that... I know, you, you kind of say no more. Everyone's like, oh yeah, that really stinks. Um, and so yeah, second year got totally blown up by the pandemic. And the job I was supposed to start after business school was canceled because of COVID. And so I suddenly had all this time on my hands being essentially unemployed and all my classes on Zoom. And I was like, you know what? This could be a really fun time to try and start a business. And why not kind of pursue this idea of creating a vodka that captures some of the beauty and complexity that's so celebrated in other spirits? So that uh, was the inspiration behind it. And so the liquid you have in front of you really borrows a lot of those gorgeous flavor notes uh, from the spirits that that I admire so much. And so it's it's something that's really meant to be enjoyed, you know, on the rocks or with a slice of lemon or in any spirit forward cocktail like a martini or, uh, you know, any variation of that. Wait, wait a minute. I got to back up for a second. So you were in college or graduate school. What did you say? Graduate school. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, so you're 21 years old and you literally just started a boggin company? I'm like, I am like, this, I'm like, I'm doing this fucking wrong. I know, just overachiever. What <laughs> a jerk. I'm like, Jesus Christ. All right, well, I think we should try, but um, let's, so for the, um, our listeners, right? So I'm looking at the bottles, which you'll be able to see on our Instagram as well as on the website, designateddrinker.show, just so you'll have a visual of it. 
It's uh, very beautiful. So I have to say that you spend quite a bit of money on just the bottle itself because it's really, it's very nice. And it got a nice wax top, so we're gonna open it up. Yeah, because you know, branding is my gig, and when I got the bottle, I thought it, the same thing. I loved the texture of the bottle. Um, and we are just tasting this, just so listeners know, we are tasting this for the first time. First um, time I'm seeing it, too. Yeah, and it, it, the wax top is really cool. We like to save it for, you know, the, the aha mm. moment on the show. So, so. My, so I, my first question is, before I even put it anywhere, is, is it, what kind of corn did you use? Because it smells to me like a blue or sweet corn, but what is it? Do you know? It's 100% New York yellow corn. Real, sweet corn. Sweet corn. Like, exactly. Yeah. Like the exactly. Silver Queen. Yeah. It's unfiltered and only twice distilled, so it holds on to a lot of those beautiful aromatics that naturally come with corn. So you're going to get some great sweetness, just not only on the nose, but it's also really a driving force in the liquid itself. Um, and the other quick call out is it's also an overproof vodka. So we dilute it less than other vodkas on the market. And so with the intention being like, we want to pack as much flavor as we possibly can in this liquid. 88 proof. Over, that is overproof for sure. You're almost on your way to becoming a gin without the botanicals. Exactly the intention, Gina. I love that you said that. Uh, we wanted to make this a spirit that, you know, you could use as a gin substitute in pretty much any cocktail and it would really add that flavor. So at least the flavor notes I get, I get some citrus at first, then I get some honeysuckle, a little bit of those natural botanicals. And then the finish is just this beautiful caramel vanilla sweetness uh, that just, you know, it like gives you a hug. It's just absolutely wonderful. It's definitely well done. It's like well-rounded out. Um, who is the master? Are you the distiller? I am not the distiller. Our master distiller uh, is, his name is Jared Baker, um, and he lives you know, upstate in the Finger Lakes area. I was going to say, I'm like, this isn't like, I'm like, so for someone in grad school, this is really good <laughs> for, your, for your first go at making uh, liquor. Yeah, my bathtub vodka. No, I, I, I didn't. I'm, like, I'm like, what kind of graduate school did you go to? Because my graduate school was not that much fun. Um, I was like, this is the greatest place in the planet, I would say, for sure. All right, so. All right, here's my here's my true un unfiltered, if you will, um, unadulterated. Unadulterated. That's a good word. I like that word. Um, so it's definitely. I get your mouthfeel. You're saying for sure. So have you ever eaten the um, the tassels of corn before? No. Okay. So the tassels of corn sometimes chefs use and they fry them and they make them to like straws and stuff. Okay. But if you ever eat the strings, right? So every single string, every single string, the tassels of the corn, mm -hmm. yeah. makes each each corn niblet, right? You, they have each one's connected to a corn niblet, and that's how it, the corn is saxed, and that's how it gets pollen, goes on it, whatever, blah, right? It has a flavor component. So when you're saying honeysuckle, I taste that flavor of what the tassel mm -hmm. tastes like. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because it's got this like straw, flowery flavor. It comes from the pollen of the corn. So... Very interesting. And as it's sitting here, and now it's, well, I'm getting more used to the fact that it's, you know, almost 90 proof, <laughs> yeah. um, more, more um, layers are coming. And that sweet corn at caramel is really from the corn. It's kind of awesome. So very well done. I'm excited to mix with it. I have a cocktail in, in mind for us, so I feel like it's going to go really well, especially since my mouth is salivating like crazy right now. Well, what I love about it is that I feel like... Um, 
with a lot of vodkas on the market with their intention being a neutralist flavor or neutral flavorless spirit, it kind of is more of a vehicle of spiking whatever you create. Whereas kind of every other spirit is meant to be a real, you know, star or supporting actor in the cocktail. Uh, and so with Herodin, it's a, it's a liquid you can really construct a cocktail around and it plays a driving force uh, in what you're drinking, which is one of the reasons I love it so much. It's interesting. It's really interesting. It almost has like a tartness to it, like in its own its own right. So it's like a tarty witch. Yeah, it's a tarty witch. <laughs> or an on time witch. I mean, this is definitely different. I feel like this is um, this is definitely something that's needed more in the um, vodka category for sure. Like, don't get me wrong. There's overproof vodkas, right? There's Everclears. There's all kinds of, you know, really high um, high proof. Uh, but I think this is really neat. It's different for sure. It's definitely different, and I don't mean different in like that stupid answer that people give you. Like, oh, it's different. Yeah, it's pretty. I, I'm excited to try. It's different it in drink. a good way. They're, yeah, it brings it brings something else to the table. Yeah, that's great. So tell us a little bit uh, about the idea behind the brand. So the word Harridan means an angry belligerent woman, and <laughs> which I love for so many reasons. And one of the the driving forces behind the name was that. There aren't that many female founders in just across the alcohol space period. And it felt, at least to me, what a lot of people expected of women-owned brands was that it would be pink and flowery and low ABV for that air quote, like delicate female palette. And that's just not me at all. And I, you know, I already mentioned I like to drink my alcohol neat or on the rocks. Like I really enjoy, you know, those strong overproof whiskeys and those navy proof gins. Uh, and so I was like, let's do the total opposite of what it felt like society would expect from me. So let's, instead of having something that's pink and pretty and flowery, let's make it dark, let's make it witchy, let's make it overproof, and let's have our mascot be an angry old lady. Uh, so that's, that inspired, when I was like, <laughs> synonyms for angry old lady, it was like Harridan, you know, just encapsulates all of that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Harridan. <laughs> I'm on my way to becoming very much so at Harridan, that's for sure. That just might be like my middle name now. Louise <laughs> Harridan Solace. That's pretty funny. A lot of people think it's my last name. Really? Yeah. Like, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in our next life. We have had a guest who actually uh, renamed herself based on her spirit. Oh, wow. It was uh, the absinthe. Oh yeah, what? Yeah. She changed her name to Absinthia. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like legally. Legally, yeah. That's that. You know, that's really owning your brand and yeah, humanizing <laughs> it. Or yeah, or having a fruition. There you go. There you go. There you go. You'll have to bring go back it all and the way around. Being Bridget Harridan instead of Bridget Taylor. There you go. Did you ever see yourself just going into the spirit land? Ha ha, ha ha. Not like, I mean, not the spirit, like, but like going into the spirit industry, was it? I, I know that, that COVID caused some pivot for you. I hate that word, but it did. Um, where did that, I mean, where did well, that creep into Why was she going into, into popcorn little, first? No. Where did, where did this come from? That was funny. It was funny. He missed it. I did. Come on. It's I, a corn-based vodka. Uh, <laughs> I said she's going to go into the popcorn business, nothing. You know, it's always, it always Fuck. says a lot when you have to explain the joke. I know. God. <laughs> I'm turning into Neil. I spent too much time on a farm with my husband. Fuck. <laughs> Dad jokes. All right. Sorry. I'm so sorry. 
Bridget, I really no, apologize. I love popcorn. So I, my ears perked <laughs> up right away. It was like someone said popcorn. Um, so my so my background, I first came from financial services and then I, I was in fashion. So I worked at Valentino, Stuart Weitzman. So really, really iconic, timeless brands. So branding has always been something that I'm really passionate about. So that was kind of interest number one. And then interest number two, I've always loved craft cocktails. And so I never, it's not like it was ever on my radar of being like, oh, I would like to join the alcohol industry, but it was just something if anyone that was ever entertaining, like I always had a, a, you know, I always got really into craft cocktail making. And so then when COVID hit and like many of us at home, I got, I started drinking more and more at my house. Um, it started to just jump out to me that I was like, wow, alcohol feels like it has all of that vivid brand storytelling that fashion has, but it's much more about bringing people together. And I now kind of, I'm now back into, I I'm interested in fashion again, but during COVID I was like, I've been wearing the same sweatpants for like five (laughs) days. I don't know how, how much I love fashion anymore, but I really, really am loving the brand storytelling and alcohol. So it felt like, you know, I also hate the word pivot, but it, it felt like a very, it felt like a very natural shift, I would say there for me that I was like, I can apply this, this joy that I have of brand building and put it in something that's a lot more relevant to my life right now than, uh, you know, wearing normal pants. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe she could combine those two and she can, you can make pants with flasks built in or, you yeah, know, and a little straw that, that kind of you know, like go. a garter. That's what a garter belt was for. <laughs> well, maybe then, a little yeah. more comfortable, you know, something that, you know, cause it's gotta be comfy. It's gotta be comfy wear. You can't a garter. Well, I mean, obviously it wasn't for that. It was to hold stockings, <laughs> but then it became for your flask. So a hip flask. Yeah. Right. A thigh flask or whatever they call I forget what they called it. I don't know. A hip flask. Yeah. So it yeah, wasn't a garter belt. So yeah. it was on your belt. Okay. Fashion for booze. Yeah, yeah. Fashion forward booze. I'm totally yeah, because all we have are like the hats with the two cans on the side yeah. that have that's, the straws. We need something fashionable. Different. Yeah, that's yeah. nothing fashionable. No, no, about no, that. no, 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 no. Who is the person that designs for um, Tiffany? Ella Peretti, El- Elsa Peretti, Elsa Peretti. Oh, yeah. Okay, she made that that bracelet that has a flask. And it was like two thousand dollars, five thousand. I don't know how much. So it now was. we need to make it for the every, for like the uh, yeah. average person. Yeah, but they like, have it. So it was like so. So Tiffany ran that for like a hot second. See, not just rich people want to be drunk during the day. Rich people want to disguise <laughs> the fact that they're drunk during the day. Regular people don't give a fuck. <laughs> they're like, whatever, dude. Well, they do have those bags that have like the bladders in them, like yes. the person. But they're they're none of them are high fashion though. No. Yeah. No opportunity. There we go. Yeah. I hear the knocking. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I feel like this is fun. Maybe not witch hats, though. It does seem to fit into the brand, but I, it would be, I think it would be harder to sell a witch hat, even if it had a flask yeah. attachment. Can we get to that? Because I'm dying to know how this all played into it. I don't know. Witch hat demand. You know, witchcraft is rising. There there could be a need. I don't. No one else is making witch hats with flasks. Maybe, you know. So we know how you got into the liquid spirit space. Have you always been kind of like dabbling in witchcraft? <laughs> Did you want to be a witch too? <laughs> Do you run around in uh, in you know on your broom in pointy hats? <laughs> 
Honestly, I wish when I turned 12, I cried that I did not get a letter from Hogwarts. And I feel like that's a little old to be that upset at 12, but I was. Um, But I've always, I've always been really into the horror category. So I, I could only watch scary movies. Actually, I mean, I pretty much only do watch scary movies. I just love them. And that's been a lifelong love. And uh, in college, I then was a medieval history major. And what I focused on my senior year uh, was the medieval witch trials. And I know in, in the U.S., we really like to focus on Salem as being like, you know, ooh, how like terrible or, you know, spooky, whatever, you know, the witch trials that happened here. In Europe, it was a totally different ballgame. Like 40,000 women were were persecuted for, for witchcraft, which is crazy. And so I became really morbidly fascinated by being like, (laughs) why were these women persecuted? Largely, it was because they were just not what the patriarchy wanted them to be. And so that was an inspiring moment at the time. And I never thought it would be useful because you go to college and you study medieval history and you're like, when will I ever use this knowledge? And then fast forward 10 years and I'm like, oh, here, I'll, I'll plug that right into Harridan and have that be a great driving force behind the brand. And as a kind of bringing it all together, so had a an interest in historical witchcraft, had a love for all things horror, uh, kind of a nice, um, I don't know, bridge almost between the two is the paranormal. I, so I've always I don't know if I fully believe in ghosts because I haven't experienced anything, but I've been really, really passionate about the search for whether or not ghosts exist and if we can communicate to them. Um, And then the last thing I'll say on this matter is that my chief brand officer, she is much more interested in contemporary witchcraft. And so she, you know, loves crystals, astrology, et cetera. And so she offers that perception to the brand. So we kind of like to think we go, we cover the full spectrum of mysticism from historical (laughs) to modern day. (laughs) A little skeptic. That's good. They should should be, you know, it's nice, well-rounded, like the vodka. Well, I love it. Well-rounded approach, just like the liquid. Ah, I'm, yeah, I'm super happy that you that you're doing this because I always feel that women in general, just because you have women have like innate intuition, um, yeah, right. So like, if you happen to like feel like really are in tune with it, people think that you're like weird, right? You're so weird because you can like, and so I can only imagine in the 13th century when they're like. Oh, let's just kill her because she's like, is that that's too out? Does she know that's gonna rain? Yeah, because <laughs> you can yeah. smell it. <laughs> you can smell it. You fucking nut job. I mean, like seriously, it's because you just like came off the tree. It ain't my problem. Yeah, you know. But you have to remember, like that is a really dark time. Like I mean, yeah. like, obviously, you know, medieval times. But like, even if like you know, you go to like uh, Florence, right? So if you want to talk about like witches, um, stregas. And the and the Bafana, so in, in Italy, witchcrafts have never died. As a matter of fact, there is no Santa Claus. There's a Bafana that yep. comes and she gives you presents, right? So Italy's that. really embraced it and still fucking terrified of it. So this vodka should do great there. Because <laughs> 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 they'll be like, oh my God, the Bafana brought us fucking vodka. Oh, that'd be, see, that makes this as a perfect Christmas gift right Yeah, for, for, for only my Italian <laughs> family. Yeah, right? So, well, Gina, one of my favorite spirits to mix with Harridan naturally is Strega, the Italian spirit. So yes. it makes a very good, makes a very good Negroni riff. 
not to to lead you and where your cocktail direction is going. Do you do like a one, 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 like this, a strega, and then a vermouth? So I do, uh, I go heavier on, on the Harridan. So I'll maybe do like 1.25 and then 0.75, like, you know, I do heavier, heavier Harridan, a little lighter vermouth and the lightest on the strega just because it's so strong. I mean, I do love some Strega. Strega on top of chocolate ice cream is delicious, by the way. And you know what I think I, it, you I, know what I love? Tips. Tricks. And tricks. Oh, okay. All right. I'll give you a tip. <laughs> Here is my favorite misconception, and it is literally a misconception. What is a sour drink and what is a tart drink? In my opinion, 95% of your cocktails that are made with lemon, citrus, orange, whatever, are technically a tart drink because you're mixing citrus, sugar, right? Nice tart, right? Think of it as like a, a galette or a French pastry or something, you're getting a little tart. It has a ton of sugar and then a little bit of citrus or fruit mixed together. Gives you this like little bit of pucker, dances on your palate, cleans it up, you know, sorbet-ish, just like delicious, right? Sour. Sour is that overwhelming feeling of like your mouth is just pulling up with saliva and you're like, uh, yum. It's like when you take a big heaping chip of like, I don't know, sour cream if you're in a Mexican restaurant and you're having nachos, right? Or when you have uh, a really good milk punch if you're in the South and it's just like the person really uses a lot of whey and you have like that um, deliciousness or you have like a really, really dry, you know, Cabernet and that wine, that red wine, the tannins is making your whole mouth look get like really sour. What I, the reason why we're talking about this is because I feel like sometimes you have these things where people are like, oh, I'm gonna make you a sour, and it's not quite sour, it's really some sort of a tart drink. And then some people say, I'm gonna use, I'm gonna make a really tart cocktail, and then they put, um, you know, milk into it, or, you know, some sort of heavy cream or something. So I kind of just wanted to like talk about balancing those two cocktails and like what, you know, what a good rule of thumb is, right? So for you, for the at-home at bartender or somebody that's just like starting out, using citrus, Citrus, sugar, boom, tart, okay? Sour, using wine, make it New York sours. Sour cream, that's crazy, right? But you use this with any like fruit and lemon component with a little bit of sugar, delicious. Uh, milk is more of your sour cocktails. So if you keep those two separated, you're gonna have a really good time making cocktails. So just remember, tart versus sour, not quite the same. So Gina, where are they gonna go to get this tip? You're gonna go to designateddrinker.show and you can get the tip and uh, trick and how to. And you can also follow us on Instagram if you wanna see the tip with my shining face and yes. what and maybe a little bit of sweat from the brow, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we can also just scroll down to our episode notes. Um, like Gina said, we'll make sure there's links to the website, to our social media, um, so they can get all of those things. But I'm also gonna make sure that you have a link to Harridan Vodka, so that way you can get your hands on this uh, delicious, witchy. You get your lips on it. Get your lips on it. Oh. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yes, uh, make sure we have links, because you can order it. If you can't get it anywhere near you, don't worry. You can order it online. Isn't that right? It is. Sure. Most certainly yep. is. Yes. Direct to consumer. There Love it. Love it. You don't want to get any, you don't want anything between you and your hair 
I mean, sending me the solstice. I don't know. I don't know. Well, cheers to part one. Cheers. The Designated Drinker Show is produced by Missing Link, a Latino-owned, strategy-driven, creatively-fueled production co-op. From ideation to creation, we craft human connections through intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Also in the Missing Link lineup of podcasts is Roger That, a podcast dedicated to guiding you through the haze of dementia, led by skilled caregivers. Now, if you're looking for a whole new way to enjoy the theater, check out Between Acts, an immersive audio theater podcast experience. Each episode takes you on a spellbinding journey through the works of newfound playwrights, from dramas to comedies and everything in between. Find Missing Link's League of Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And while you're there, please don't forget to follow, download, and review the shows. Your reviews help our shows reach new audiences. To find out more about Missing Link, visit missinglink.company. That's missinglink.company.